episode 803. After orientation on Thursday, the Green Bay Packers begin their rookie minicamp on Friday. To preview that event, we talk with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about Packers rookie minicamp. To do that, we're joined by a guest. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, how's the offseason been treating you? Good morning. Happy to be back after being off for a couple months, but the off season has been going well. Hope it's been going well for you as well. Yes, thank you, Nathan, uh, who is our weekly guest during the football season. And glad to be getting his insight now. Just a disclaimer before we dig in. We're going to be talking about a lot of the players the Packers are bringing in for tryouts. And we did as best as we could coming up with a list of players. It's a difficult task because, A, they're all subject to passing a physical. Some may not pass it. B, sometimes players get signed by another team with a little advance notice. And C, sometimes misinformation gets reported. So with that said, we did as best as we could. And if there's a player or two we discussed that's not participating at Rookie Minicamp, that's why. But Nathan, probably the most recognizable uh, name uh, among this this class here is Nate Iese of, uh, of UCLA, uh, a fullback slash tight end hybrid. Can you tell me about him? Sure. First off, he played a little bit more like a tight end over these past few years. Um, in his earlier years, he was probably used similarly to how the Packers have used some of their blocking tight ends um, in recent seasons, a lot of snaps at tight end, and just occasionally playing in the backfield. And then this last year, he transitioned a little bit more to a receiving tight end where um, he was only in the backfield once. He played a lot of snaps at tight end and then also saw a significant number of snaps as a slot receiver. So um, more how you would view a receiving tight end in today's NFL. And um, in that time, it's a little difficult to judge him based off of the quarterback play that he saw last year. But um, he had a low catch rate, which sometimes you would associate with um, a lot of drops. But he only dropped one pass, so um, that wasn't his fault there. And then his strong point was uh, making guys miss after the catch. Um, over 51 catches over these past three seasons, uh, which is how far we have uh, college data back for at Pro Football Focus. Uh, he had 16 defenders miss tackles on him, so that's a pretty high rate right there. And then he also has a decent amount of experience on the kickoff coverage unit and graded reasonably well there. So um, along with the tight end stuff, he also has a chance of uh, contributing on special teams if he were to make the team. Very cool. Yeah, I know he's considered by some to be one of the top fullbacks slash H-backs in this year's rookie class. So for him to go undrafted and the Packers get him as a tryout, kind of just an interesting one there. But Nathan, sticking in the Pac-12, one of the few tryout players the Packers are bringing in from a Power 5 conference is defensive lineman Aalua Fanin of Arizona. How did he fare against big-time competition? 
Sure. In 2014 and 2015, he barely saw the field, only 34 snaps over the over those two years. So it was really this past year. Uh, he was a rotational defensive tackle for them. Um, over half of his snaps, he lined up at nose tackle. So he kind of fits that Packers mold of being able to play multiple spots over the defensive line. Um, over that time, he was definitely a two-down player. Uh, didn't have any sacks and just a couple pressures over that time. But he did grade reasonably well as a run defender. Uh, 12 run stops over 200 run snaps, which isn't excellent, but it is good for the top third of college defensive tackles last year. And then didn't provide much on special teams. So um, if he were to contribute, it would definitely be kind of that two down um, base defense, rotational defensive lineman. Teams need those kind of players, too. Um one of the more interesting names the Packers are bringing in for a tryout is Marshall wide receiver Deontay McManus, who was an underclassman entry for the NFL draft that didn't get drafted. So Nathan, what did he do at Marshall that made him think he could maybe make the jump to the NFL a year early? Um, our grades didn't view McManus as kindly as these the last two players we talked about. Uh, first, Marshall runs an offense where they have a clear left wide receiver, clear right wide receiver, and clear slot receiver. Uh, McManus was their right wide receiver in that system. And last year, I would say he was probably the least impressive of their three receivers. Um, in the previous two years, he had a drop problem, but only dropped one pass last year. So at least he had that going for him as a step in the right direction. Um, he just averaged 11.3 yards per catch, which isn't very high. And his special teams was limited. So uh, just trying to read up on why he might have declared earlier, I saw a lot of talks of his leadership being focused on even more so than his play on the field. So um, if he gets a shot, he probably has to be pretty physically gifted uh, and continue to grow the skills that he's already been working on growing. We'll see what he does in rookie minicamp. Uh, the Packers are also bringing in defensive end slash outside linebacker Chris Hale of Middle Tennessee State, who suffered a knee injury in November. But Nathan, how did he perform despite the injury? Sure. Um, while he's called a defensive end, which is what he was called there, he'd probably fit more as a Packers outside linebacker, um, played a mix of snaps between between having a two-point stance and a three-point stance, which is similar to what some of the Packers outside linebackers do. Um, these last two years, he was a part of their rotation, seeing roughly half the snaps. Um, in 2015, he showed some flashes as a pass rusher, but didn't look very good against the run. And then 2016 was the complete opposite. Um, in both seasons, his best games were near the beginning of the season. So if you just looked at those best games at what he was doing best, it looks like he deserves a chance. But there's also a lot of bad film mixed in there to make things a little less optimistic for him. Another long shot. Um, Nathan, the next one we're going to we're going to have to go back two years. The Packers reportedly invited former South Florida tight end Sean Price, who's two years now out of college, I know he was actually an all-conference selection at USF, but what kind of production did he have? Sure. In 2015, he was their starting tight end uh, with one number that really stood out for him was he had five touchdowns. So I'm guessing that contributed to um, that. Um, a lot of his rate stats look fairly good. His yards per catch, his drop rate, yards after the catch, all of those 
um, looked good for a tight end. The problem was he just wasn't targeted enough. Um, he only saw a target on about 13% of his uh, pass routes. Uh, just for comparison purposes, Jared Cook last year uh, saw a target on 24% of his pass routes. So um, we just haven't. Uh, he also isn't that uh, good of a blocker. So definitely a receiving tight end. Uh, USF, they at times used a blocking tight end in place of him um, on clear rundowns. So definitely a receiving tight end. So uh, the tape on him as a receiving tight end looks good. There just isn't a whole lot to make a great judgment off of him. Yeah, perhaps a guy with some upside, if nothing else. Um, Nathan, another interesting name the Packers are reportedly bringing in is Navy cornerback Brendan Clements, who is suspended for the 2016 season. He did, however, play extensively uh, in the previous three years for the Naval Academy. How did he do? Yep, in the 2014 and 2015 season, he was their starting left outside cornerback. I never moved into the slot, so always stayed at that one position. Um, in today's NFL and a lot of college programs, you see a ton of passing, but uh, for Clements, we actually saw him play more against the run than we saw him in coverage, which is interesting there for a cornerback. Um, he graded right around average against the run and then slightly below average in coverage. Um, as I said, to, due to the offenses he played, a lot of times he wasn't being targeted that often only allowed one or two catches in a lot of those games. So um, against a lot of those teams, he looked fairly good. The problem came when uh, he played offenses like East Carolina, Memphis, and Houston, which in 2015 when he played them, he allowed eight catches in each of those three games. Um, also misses the tackle roughly once per game. So um, there's a lot of game tape where if you ignore those three games, he looks pretty good, and there's definitely something to work with. It just, against some offenses, they were able to get the best of him. Notable, I actually found this out uh, earlier this week. Just in the last week, the, the Pentagon changed their professional athlete rules uh, in that, uh, that, you know, it used to be that they could enter the NFL right away. Now they cannot anymore. It's They've gone back and forth a lot of times, but it couldn't prevent the Packers from signing them if they want to, but they would have to put them on their military reserve list if they did, uh, just in case you were wondering. But anyway, finally here, Nathan, last guy I'm going to ask you about. The Packers have invited Ball State safety Aaron Taylor for a tryout. How did he do against MAC competition? Sure. Um, a lot of these guys that we've talked about, they've played one very clear position, and Taylor's the exact opposite. He was playing all over that defense. Um, in 2016, there was a mix between slot cornerback and uh, safety with a little bit of outside linebacker and inside linebacker mixed in as well. So um, all of which were six yards within the line of scrimmage. So he wasn't so much the traditional safety who would often play uh, further back from the offense. So my guess is if he were to earn a role with the Packers, it would probably uh, be most similar to inside linebacker. Um, each of these last three years, he played roughly 60% of snaps, and each year he graded well as a run defender. Um, 2014 was actually his best year, which was a little interesting that um, his best year was a few years ago, but uh, he had 21 stops, a combined seven sacks and hits that year, and not many missed tackles. So um, obviously with him and a few other of these guys, level of competition is a concern. Um, in 2016, when he played Indiana, he had his worst game of the season, but 
based on all of the things that he was asked to do and how well he did a lot of different things. Um, this guy probably intrigues me the most out of the seven we've talked about. Very interesting. Nathan, thank you so much for talking about a lot of these guys that are flying under the radar and not a lot of people know about. So thanks for helping me dig into their backgrounds and, uh, Nice talking to you, and hopefully we talk to you again in a few months. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Take care. Nathan Yonke joining us on a Friday morning here at Railbird Central as the Packers about to begin their rookie minicamp, and we're going to keep this episode really short just from the perspective that I got to go to work, folks. I know normally it's a lot longer, but I did just want to mention a few other players the Packers are bringing into their rookie minicamp on a tryout basis. Perhaps the guy that's going to get the most attention and already has locally, a local guy. He played at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, which qualified for the Division Three National Championship game this past year. So obviously they had some good talent on the roster, albeit at the Division Three level. His name is defensive back Cameron Brown. I heard he has a 43-inch vertical, which is insane. Um, I, I almost that's almost hard to believe I'd, I'd really like to like see did they make a mistake I mean I, I suppose even if they made three inches of a mistake that's still a 40 inch vertical and that's still incredible but uh, uh, he'll he'll get a lot of attention just because he's the local kid uh, they're bringing in quarterback Drew Bauer of the University of Minnesota Duluth there's been a lot of attention on you know the Packers signed BYU quarterback Taysom Hill as an undrafted free agent, but he's a lot. Some people view him as more athlete than quarterback. If they decide to move him to another position, Drew Bauer could be like the fourth quarterback the Packers bring in. Um, uh, another name uh, that I thought was really interesting, defensive lineman Michael Weish, who actually played for the Green Bay Blizzard. He played his college football at the University of Miami, so some big-time football in the, air, in the ACC, but he played indoor football the past season or two there, uh, so another local connection. And finally, the guy who I think maybe you know the Packers every year will sign one or two of uh, these tryout players I think the guy who maybe has the best chance of all of them, and so mark this one down, outside linebacker Marquise Smith of Savannah State. Just did a little bit of digging into him by myself. Uh, he played in at, at an HBCU, you know, a little bit lo little lower level of college football, but really stood out. He had over 20 tackles for a loss this past season. I think the Packers could use some more help on the edge. It's a place where maybe they're a little bit thin right now and they could add one more person to the mix. So there you go, Marquis Smith. That's my prediction of the guy who stands out at minicamp this weekend and the Packers eventually signed to a contract. So, you know, just, just so everyone's aware here, uh, by now all the players should have undergone their physicals. The Packers will hold practice today. They'll hold practice tomorrow. And at that point, the coaching staff will evaluate the all the players that were there, whether it's the draft picks, the undrafted rookies, the tryout players. First of all, they'll decide if maybe there's one of the undrafted rookies that they signed to a contract and maybe isn't cut out for the NFL. So they're, every year, usually there's a guy or two who is basically they sign for a day uh, or two, it, he'll be in camp for two days, and then they'll cut him already. Uh, and then on top of that, 
every year they'll maybe sign a tryout player or two. Uh, they bring in nearly 25 of them on an annual basis. You know, give or take one or two, they bring a bunch in, and whoever performs the best out of them, whoever shows the most upside, they'll sign to a contract, just a handful of them. So there you go. There's some of the names you'll be looking for at rookie minicamp this week. Obviously, the most attention will be on the draft class, all the players that brought in. Packers brought in, whether it's, you know, cornerback Kevin King, defense back Josh Jones, running back Jamal Williams, linebacker Vince Beagle, they'll get the bulk of the attention just being the the highly drafted players, but there's going to be a whole lot more than them. So uh, enjoy it. Uh, there will be media coverage. In fact, already got our next episode of Railbird Central lined up on Monday We'll talk to Marcus Eversall of WDUZ. We pretty much do this on an annual basis with him. He'll be there at Rookie Minicamp covering the proceedings. After practice, he'll be in the locker room talking to these guys. So we're going to get his reactions to Packers Rookie Minicamp on Monday. And unfortunately, that's all the time I have for today. Like I said, folks, I got to go to work, but glad we could give you a little bit of a preview of the tryout players. You might say, yeah, tryout players, they're, you know, they're going to be around for two days. That's why we do it now, because in two days, all but one or two of these guys will be gone. So a little bit of a preview of them now. So enjoy your weekend, folks. We'll talk to you again next week. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiruvu. I leave you today with a song called The Place That I Call Home by the infamous String Dusters on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go. 